Hi, this is Brian Lane, lead pastor of FAM Church. Last Sunday, our student ministry called The Spot took over our Sunday morning service. And so get ready for a challenging word from Jesse Alper and Michael Monroe, two of our students, as well as our incredible youth pastor, Lisa Kriskowski. I don't think I've ever been so shaky. All right, um, our message today is about overcoming and being an overcomer. So there are times in life where certain circumstances are thrown at us that just make us feel discouraged. And we take our eyes off of God. Sometimes the enemy throws things our way so that we only focus on life's problems. We only focus on the storm that surrounds us. And that's, where, that's when he has you right where he wants you. We become self-absorbed, self-serving, and self-centered. And... We, we lose track of the reason that we are here, and that's the fellowship for God. That's, that's to serve others and to reach the lost. Some of us, gosh, I'm so nervous. I didn't expect it to be this bad. Some of us in this room, we've lost our passion for Christ. We have lost our focus. We let anything keep us out of church and away from God. We've allowed our busy, stormy lives. Oh, wait, where was I at? It's like, it's, it's, it looks so much easier. I thought it'd be like a breeze. It's really not. We've allowed our busy, stormy lives to get in the way of serving him. And maybe you're saying to yourself right now, Jesse, you just don't understand my situation. You don't understand what I'm going through. The storm's blowing so hard around me. The waves, they're overtaking me. And I just don't have time for God right now. I don't have time for church. I need to take control of this situation. Well, let's look to God's, to God's word for some examples of overcomers and what we need to do to overcome. In 1 Samuel 16, verses 5 through 13, we see David. And I know a lot of us, we know his story. It begins in the shadow of Saul. Now Saul, he was the chosen king, and he was everything that the people wanted him to be. He was strong. He was handsome. He had a natural ability to lead. But he became self-obsessed and relied more and more on his own strength than God. Does that sound familiar? I think some of us are relying on our own strength rather than relying on God. Some of us, you know, we're, we're in the same boat as Saul. And so because of that, God had to crown a new king. So God told Samuel that it was time to crown a new king. And so Samuel, he feared for his life because crowning a new king... Anointing a new king, that, that, was, that was similar. That was, what's the specific word I wanted to say? I can't remember now. But that was the same thing. That was related to treason. That's what they, it was compared, comparable to treason. And so he was scared, but he did what God told him to do, and he made his way to Bethlehem. And God took Samuel to a guy named Jesse, and Jesse had eight sons. And God told Samuel that one of those sons are going to be the next king. So... What Samuel does, he's, he, he observes each son one by one. And so the first son comes out, and Samuel's looking at him. 
and he sees this guy's tall, this guy's strong, this guy's handsome. And Samuel goes, yeah, this is the king right here. This has got to be him. And God says, no, that's not the king. The second son comes out, also tall, strong, handsome. And Samuel goes, this is the king. God says, no. God says no to seven sons. And then Samuel goes, well, you got to have another son. And Jesse says, yeah, I have one other son, but he's just a shepherd. He's out tending to the sheep right now. I don't see him being fit for a king. But Samuel says to send for him. And so Jesse does. And upon David's arrival, Samuel notices that he's strong and he has good features. And God says, this is the one. See, now Jesse didn't expect David to be the next king. Jesse didn't expect his shepherd's son to be a king. He expected one of his other seven taller, stronger, more handsome sons to be the king. But God, God doesn't choose who everybody else would choose. God looks inward. God looks at the heart. God looks for the people who are broken, who are hurt, who are small, who are scared, and he turns them into testimonies for his glory. Apart from God, David would have never been nothing but a shepherd boy. He would have never slayed giants or conquered armies. Until God chose him. So no matter your circumstances, your story, whatever you were born into, or the trials you've had, as soon as you let God take control of your life, you become his chosen. You become his anointed And he'll take you in directions that you never thought possible. Like David, he took David in some pretty crazy directions. Fighting Goliath. Do you know how big Goliath was compared to David? I have an example for you if you guys could come up. Michael and Vincent. So imagine Michael. Michael's Goliath. Okay, and Vincent is David. Now, Goliath was nine feet. Nine feet tall. And Michael's not quite nine foot yet, but, but you guys see the comparison. This is how big David would have been compared to Goliath. Now, that's a battle that I wouldn't have fought. I would not fight a nine foot giant. I'm sorry, but that's scary. But that brings me to the second point. Jess, I think they've heard enough of you, so I'm going to need you to get off the stage. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Just, just go. Take the kid with you. Come on. All right, guys. So for the second point in this message, it's going to be that God will always give you courage, and he always prepares you for any battle that he's going to put you through or make you face. So in 1 Samuel 17, it tells us the story of David and Goliath. The story goes as follows. It's a young shepherd boy who faces unimaginable odds against a giant that nobody thought he could beat. The only reason that he knew that he could beat Goliath is because he knew that he had God on his side. He had faith in the Lord. Guys, so among the Philistines was Goliath. He was fierce, intimidating, and he was super offensive. 
towards all of the Israelites. He mocked them and he taunted them constantly, knowing that no one had the courage or faith to battle him. Until one day, David, while he was delivering food to his brothers, heard Goliath ranting towards the Israelites, and he decided that he would be the one to face Goliath. Knowing that the battle would be hard, he knew that the only reason that he could win the battle is because of God. No one else wanted to face this giant Goliath. He knew that he had God's favor and that he could win the battle, although others tried to put him down and discourage him. Even his own father tried to keep shepherding being his number one priority, although he knew that God's calling on his life was to fight Goliath. His brother, Eliab, argued with him and got mad at him because he didn't keep up his shepherding duties. Even the king saw himself try to discourage David from fighting Goliath. Yet David continued to fight. Um, they thought that David was completely out of his mind. They thought that he had no chance of winning against Goliath. Yet David had confidence and he knew that he could win the battle through God, not through himself. He didn't have the strength to do it alone, but through God, he knew that he could face down Goliath. Now for our scripture, in uh, 1 Samuel 17, 34 through 37 is where you can find the story. And uh, I'll give you some time to turn there in your Bibles. And if you can't find it, it's going to be right here on the screen behind me, guys. All right, so uh, uh, verse 4, uh, 34. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when the lion or bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from the mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servants have killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Seeing he's defied the armies of the living God, moreover, said David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hands of the Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go and the Lord be with you. So David doesn't sound like the type of person who would be afraid in a battle the type of person who would back down from a challenge. And it's not because David was any, any better than any of you or any more special than anyone else. It's just that he knew that he had God on his side and that he would help him face down the battle. Having confidence in God gives us more power than you could ever imagine. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, he was so equipped for the battle that he even refused Saul's armor. He went into battle with nothing more than a few small pebbles and a slingshot, and he still defeated a giant. He was so confident <laughs> he was so confident that he didn't need that armor or anything more than that slingshot. All he needed was God on his side. Do you know that God has you in any situation that you may face? That he truly has your back no matter what you're going through? Do you know that as long as you have faith in God, he will always be there to provide for you in any situation? That too many times we lose faith in God. We believe he's just going to let us out to dry He's going to leave us. But that's just not the case. As long as you have faith in him, you can do anything. God will help you through anything. <laughs> but you have to have trust in him. And another thing is that you can't let others discourage you from doing what God's divine will has put for you to do. <laughs> Me being very nervous to get up here, guys. You know, <laughs> Others will always try to discourage you from doing great things because they themselves are scared to do the things that God set aside for them to do. And you can't let that change what you do in your life or, or, or stop you from doing God's calling in your life. We always let others have power over us, but the only really person who should have power over us is God himself. We should always have faith in the things that God has called us to do, not what we think we should do on our own. He makes us take, he, he will take us through challenges or situations that may be scary or frightening, but he doesn't do this to harm us. He does it to shape us 
into what he wants us to be. This story is a symbolic in many ways, just as David was very small, so was the nation of Israel. They were always surrounded by stronger or bigger enemies. They were constantly surrounded. They still won victory after victory after victory. And it wasn't because of them themselves, because they were special. It was because they had God's calling on their life, just like David did against Goliath, and just like all of you have in this room today. All right, I think I'm going to finish this up for you. You did great with point two, but let me, let me handle the rest here. Didn't they do an awesome job so far? They've done great. I'm even nervous this morning, Jesse and Michael, so... So point number three, he wins the battle. Do we know that? He wins the battle. And how did he win the battle? How do you and I win the battle? He trusted, and he knew who his God was. He had no doubt. He didn't even wear Saul's armor because he's like, ah, I got this. God's got me. Point two, he praised God even in the battle. He praised God in the battle, guys. This is so important. 2 Samuel 6.14 says, David danced before the Lord with all his might. He danced in the streets. He didn't care who saw him. Are we praising God with all of our might? Are we giving it everything we've got? David did, and he won his battle. So number one, he trusted. Number two, he praised God even in the battle. He praised God with every fiber of his being. And point three, we thank God in advance for the victory. Did you hear that? We thank God in advance for the victory. I'm going to tell you a story real quick. Some of you guys know this story. I'm sorry in advance if you do. Some of you don't. But there was two parents, and they had a little boy. And this little boy was born with a lot of medical issues. And about the time he's around, I don't know, three and four the doctors are noticing he's not verbalizing, he's not speaking, you know, he's having a lot of trouble. So the parents are taking him to speech therapy, they're putting pictures, they're trying to teach him sign language and do everything they can to get this little boy to speak. Well, around the time he's seven, the mother is complaining one day to the sister, to, to the little boy's aunt, and she says, you know what, why don't you go ahead and thank God for the victory in advance? So every night when these parents would lay their son down to sleep, they would pray with him. And they started saying, thank you, God, for his speech. Thank you that he's speaking in sentences. Thank you that we get to hear the words, I love you. Thank you that he's communicating with us and telling us about his day. And you know what happened? Something miraculous. About a year and a half later, the little boy um, had hearing aids because he also had um, some side effects from chemo. I think y'all know where I'm going with this. The hearing aids come off because they're broken and they're out for six weeks. And during this time, the mom starts noticing that he's making more sounds, that he starts singing, that he's verbalizing. And she's wondering, how could this be possible? He's not supposed to do this. The doctors all said hearing aids. So as she's going to the audiologist appointment, she's thinking in her gut, I want to go home. <laughs> he doesn't need these hearing aids. What am I doing? So as she gets to the doctor's appointment, the mom tells the audiologist, the audiologist says, how are things going? And she says, great. <laughs> He's starting to sing. He's verbalizing. He's making sounds he never made before. 
What is going on? And another miraculous thing happened. The audiologist listened. She listened and she said, you know what? If that's what your gut is telling you, let's leave the hearing aids off for three months and we'll revisit in three months. So all of you know, that's the story of my Kayla. Most of you know. And so, and most of you know, the story of my Caleb goes on that we can't stop him from talking now. <laughs> so that's just one, one, um, one example of how we thank God in advance for the victory. I know it was about your prayers. I know we give God the glory, but I got to tell you, when you thank God in advance for the victory, you may not believe it at first. You may not believe that you've won that victory, even when you're praying it. But as you pray, something starts to stir within you and you say, yes, he's, he, thank you, God, that he's speaking in sentences. Yes, thank you, God, that he's saying I love you. You, you begin to believe that you've won that victory. So begin to thank him. David won his battle. And just like you are capable of winning yours today, we walk around in these defeated attitudes so many times. Oh, yeah, they saw something in the scan. Oh, this is awful. You know, we don't thank him in advance. God, it's going to be nothing. We're going to be fine. We need to overcome. God loves to choose the weak things and help them overcome the strong. He loves to choose those that feel inadequate, like me, Jesse, and Michael felt this morning. Right, guys? He loves to choose those things that feel inadequate and adequately prepare them above and beyond what we can ever ask. That's when his glory and power are most evident. He chooses the frail, the poor, the uneducated, and there that's way there can be no other explanation when the, the miraculous happens. When there can be no other explanation than that of divine action. When God moves, he wants there to be no confusion about who is truly responsible. You may feel like what God is calling you today to do is impossible. Teenagers, I want you to know that it's not impossible, that you've got this. It is possible with him. You may feel that you are the last person in the world qualified to serve him in this way. Rest assured that makes you his first choice. That makes you his first choice. People may even tell you that you're out of your mind to try this. I heard that a little bit. <laughs> People may tell you you can't do it. Guess what? If God is leading you to do something, do it. Don't let anything hold you back. Whether it's moving into a new phase of life, maybe it's even a career change, whatever it is. If God's leading you to it, you can do it. How many of you all know that God will allow a Goliath in your life so that you can find the David within you? Do you all know that? God will allow a Goliath in your life so that you can find the David within you. John 4, 4 says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, many of us are ushers and our greeters this morning in this section over here, our preachers, our sound rooms, the kids that come early and put out the flags, they're all overcomers. Many of them that don't know this, and I'm sorry if I get emotional about this, but these teenagers, guys, they come from broken homes. 
Many of them come from households where their, their parents may have used drugs. Some of them don't have parents in their households. They're living with grandparents who are taking awesome, awesome care of them. Some come from homes where alcoholism is very prevalent. But you know what? They're here early on Sunday mornings. They're the first ones in this building. And you want to know why? Because they know God has their situation. God has their situation. All summer long, they were here. They were here whenever the doors were open. And I know it's because they know this is a safe place, that God has them, and that God will take care of the situation. Do you guys believe that this morning? Do you guys believe it? I'm going to pray this morning, and I want you guys to pray with me, and I'm just going to pray that God will help you to overcome, that God will help you to have faith, that you guys would know that you have your situation the same way that David knew that God had him in his battle. Let's pray. God, right now I just pray for this, this congregation, this family that we have here. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that, number one, you'll give them the trust in the battle just like David did, that they would trust, that they would not doubt. Lord, I pray that, number two, that you would help them to dance and praise God with all of their might in the battle. And number three, God, I pray that you'd help them to thank you in advance for the victory, even in the midst of their battle, even before the victory is won, God, help them to remember to thank you for it. God, we thank you so much for what you're going to do. Lord, I thank you for these teenagers today and these adults in the service, God. I just pray that you would work in the midst of their situations, God. I pray that you would help them to overcome. Lord, if anything this morning, Lord, I pray that they would leave knowing that the God of this universe, the God of this universe has their back, Lord. We thank you. We praise you for everything you're going to do. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the FAM Church podcast. FAM Church is here to connect people to Christ. If you live in or are visiting the Lakeland, Florida area, we would love for you to join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. You can also check us out online at myfamchurch.com. Thank you again and have an amazing day.